Welcome to TTM Cast One on One with Jeff Baker. Every Wednesday, we'll bring one on one interviews with hobby professionals, former athletes, authors, and collectors. Sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. And by sportscollectorsdaily.com. If it happens in the hobby, you'll find it on sportscollectorsdaily.com. And sponsored by gemrate.com. The latest grading statistic from the four major grading companies is just a click away. Visit gemrate.com. It's free. Sponsored by Collects. The free app that shows you the value of your card collection. Scan and catalog your cards, follow other users, and buy and sell with other collectors. That's Collex, C-O-L-L-X. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to TTM Cast One-on-One, our special Wednesday show where we feature an interview with somebody in the hobby, somebody, maybe an athlete. We have all sorts of fun stuff. It is Wednesday, May 24th. My name is Jeff Baker, talking to you from Boston, Massachusetts, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host Drew Pelto from Dallas, Texas. Hey, Drew. Hey, good to be here as always. Well, happy Wednesday to you, my friend. First, yesterday was my son's birthday, so we went out for a nice steak dinner, and uh, he is 27. I can't believe my son is 27. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) That will make you feel old, my friend, when your son is 27, you know? Yep. 27. I was, I remember all the, all the stuff I was getting into (laughs) at 27, and uh, you know, it's, it's uh, monumental for him to hit 27. So, happy birthday, Andrew. Um, a couple things collecting wise, I'm very excited. I think you are too. Is that we get Tops Heritage, the new Tops Heritage is coming out this week, I believe, and Top Series Two is coming out in a couple weeks. Uh, I think you're excited about both of those, right? Yeah, I mean, I just saw on a couple of groups some people posting heritage boxes. So I think those are finally shipping here a little bit, or uh, possibly available in some of the hobby stores yeah, or something like this that. This weekend, but... I think they're actually coming out officially this weekend. Yeah, so maybe some early arrivals or something like that. But yeah, good to see those out there. Um, yeah, I think this is going to be what 1974 design this year. So it's going to yeah, be kind they're of nice. Though, don't you think that they look nice? I've only seen a couple of uh, mock-ups of them. Haven't seen the actual uh, regular cards yet. But yeah, I mean that's it's just a classic design, you know, with the flags there at the top and the bottom. And I was hoping maybe they might try to do something with like the old uh, the San Diego Washington National League uh, cards from the original there. But haven't heard anything about if there's going to be any kind of a fun little you know error. Uh, error homage there at all but yeah nothing nothing that i've heard yet yeah i'm looking forward to it so we'll have to see when those come out i'm sure i'll get it get a hobby box how about you uh possibly i'll probably pick up like a blaster or something at some point at least sure well hey guys i just want to uh point it out i wrote an article on the san diego chicken remember we had the san diego nice. chicken Ted from the san diego chicken on as a guest a while ago wrote an article for yep. sports collectors daily it is the cover story of the june issue of sports nice. collectors daily so make sure you check that out we have we're, we're deep into playoffs. We talked about it last week, and I think uh, luckily I don't make my money uh, betting sports because I think I would have gotten every one of these series wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. I, I mean, they said this is the first time ever that both of the NBA conference finals and both of the NHL conference finals in the same year have all gone three and zero. It's crazy. Yeah, it's really, really weird. And then my my Celtics finally got a win uh, last night, but uh, I'm not going to hold out hope. I think that that they gave up, and and I, I've actually boycotted. I have not watched the last two games because uh, they gave up. So I'm giving up on them until until they prove pro- if they win the series, then I'll go. I'll, I'll jump back in. But I am not. I, I am not. I'm boycotting the the, the Celtics playoff. The uh, I watched a little of the. Um, Las Vegas Dallas game yesterday and boy they jumped out three nothing and um I you know what I thought Dallas I really thought Dallas and Carolina were the two teams to put to to go for the finals and see what mm-hmm. I know right Jamie Ben is an absolute donk and he proved it last night I mean my god how do you take that stupid of a penalty that early in that important of a game when you're the freaking captain yep the Stars fans also showed their true colors by littering the ice after the second period there. And, I mean, that was insane because, I mean, every penalty that was called against him in there was absolutely deserved. There's no need for any of that. So if there was any respect I had left for the Dallas Stars fans, it's gone now, and I really didn't have a whole lot to begin with. So, Yeah, and I'm amazed that, that the the 
Golden Knights could build a team in just a couple of years that 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 is you know Stanley Cup Stanley Cup worthy. They're uh, they should be commended for that. They had it handed to them. The first that I mean the rules they put down for that year's expansion draft were absolutely ridiculous. And I mean people were looking at that like, um, yeah, they're going to be building up something really good real quick here. I mean they made the finals their first year. They had that team handed to them, and that is why I hate about what the NHL has been doing with their expansion drafts lately. Just to you know, make sure that the buzz gets built quickly and stays there. Vegas was pretty much handed a team quickly. Seattle was pretty much handed a team quickly. Yep. Meanwhile, you know, you look at back into the late '90s, early 2000s, there when you had the four teams come in with Nashville, Atlanta, Columbus, and Minnesota. Yeah, okay, Nashville's played in one Cup final. They've you know built it up reasonably well to where they've at least occasionally been contenders. Minnesota's been a playoff team every year, but I mean, or almost every year at least. But then you look at Atlanta, who was so bad they end up moving back up to Winnipeg again. Nobody wanted to come and see them. You have Columbus, who has been an absolute joke of an organization in there. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think the NHL mostly just wanted to not have to have another couple of Columbuses on their hands and let those yeah, I mean, two build remember, up very quickly. Remember all the way back to the 70s when the Islanders came in and the Washington yeah. Capitals came in and those teams took forever to, to build, right? They were yeah. they were bad teams. So and yes. I guess Tampa, Tampa was the exception, right? They They really built pretty quickly. They did. Tampa, I mean, Tampa took about 10 years or so, but still, I mean, that was kind of the going rate for an expansion team for a long time. It's like, you're going to have a few tough years early on there, but, you know, then after 10 years or so, yeah, you're going to be decent. And it's not the case anymore. The NHL is like handing Las Vegas a playoff ready team from day one. I'm like, oh, come on. This is insane that you're doing this. They did the same thing kind of with Seattle a little bit. And I guarantee, you know, whoever the next expansion team is, they put one in Quebec City, they're going to give Quebec City like even bigger restrictions than Columbus got hit with. So, yeah. Well, I'm going to put the jinx on, on Florida because Florida is, they, they have, they have something going on this year and uh, I don't see them uh, losing in the finals. What do you think? Yeah, they've just, I mean, they've gotten hot at the right time. They've got just, I mean, and Kachuk, Kachuk has made a deal with the devil, right? Yeah. It seems <laughs> like it, but they've built such a great team from top to bottom, front to back there that I'm hoping they're going to pull it off. I mean, of the four teams, that are left right now to me they're the most palatable out of any of them i mean you know have been a, they, they were expected to team what 25 years ago now so it's like all right they've you know they've they yep. paid their dues and i mean they played they've played they've played in a final before they've had some decent players come through there they haven't moved unlike two of the uh, four remaining teams and bernie kosar used to be their owner so it's like all right that's that's a clean <laughs> connection there so yeah no, and I don't like the red uniforms for both teams because with yeah. you know they they go red and, and white and it's I don't I just don't like it. it, yeah. it, it there's something weird about it, don't you think? Yeah, I want to see uh, the navy blue jerseys return for Florida. I mean that was yeah, I agree. Yeah, that was that was my era right there when they had the navy blue third jerseys. It's like all right, break those back out, guys. Let's go back into the vaults, pull those out. Let's wear those. But yeah, I don't think it's gonna happen. How how's your week been so far? It's decent. I mean, I'm still at war with the post office right now, but uh, I've got I've got a big. I feel one like you, you're going to be there with the the metal the the metal helmet and the sandbags. And- yeah, I'm, I'm going to have like the, you know the mirrored sunglasses, walking in, chewing on a cigarette or something like you know, going like full what is it, MacArthur or Patton or whichever whoever it was. But yeah, this is this is uh, this is ridiculous. I'm supposed to have a hockey hall of famer that I sent to in the Czech Republic. Coming back to me, it showed up on my informed delivery on Monday, and here we are Wednesday morning, and it is still not here yet. So hopefully it shows up the next couple of days. I've already put out a lost mail beacon on it, so hopefully they'll get on that here pretty soon. But yeah, this is uh, this is insane. So uh, I mean, I've gotten a couple of uh, TTMs in here this week. I'll talk about those on Saturday, but that's about the extent of what I've had this week. Yeah, I got Archie Manning yesterday. I was very happy about that. Finally, good, good. <laughs> well, I got him I before, but I, him. I got I sent him an '83 tops. He's on the the Oilers, and mm-hmm. I was I I always wanted to get it signed, and I sent it off, and he signed it in a couple of weeks. So that's good. Yeah, Archie Manning does not hate me. That's good. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but I think we'll go right into hobby happiness. What do you think? I think so. All right, leading off, batting lead off, hobby happening. Let's get the show started. Leading off, we look at hobby happenings. 
Smart collectors turn to Sports Collectors Daily to stay up to date. From new releases to incredible collections hitting the auction block, news from inside the business of sports collectibles, and much more, Sports Collectors Daily has it, all with no subscription cost. SC Daily also delivers a live look at the most watched sports card auctions on eBay for every sport. Sign up to get the headlines in your email for free or just visit the website whenever you like. With 16,000 stories in the archive going back 16 years, there is always plenty to read at sportscollectorsdaily.com. All right, guys, we're, we're very happy to have Collects on it as a sponsor. Collects.app, of course, is a great app that Drew and I use. And uh, they're they're offering a $10 coupon, $10 off your first purchase in their marketplace or uh, towards any of their uh, swag. And so if you want to get $10 from Collects, it's really simple. All you have to do is just send me your name and your email address and we'll have collects send you a coupon you got to make sure you download the collects app because that's the only way you're going to be able to redeem it so go to your app store your google play download the collects app send me your name and your email address i'll send it over to collects and they will get a ten dollar coupon over to you all you have to do is send me an email to ttmcast at yahoo.com there you go and we'll get you the coupon also hey if you've been following my articles uh in sports collectors daily sports collectors daily com. I'm sorry. You know what? Sports Collectors Digest is where my cover story is. Sports Collectors Digest. I always do that. So Sports Collectors Digest, make sure you check that out. Uh, is uh, my article on the San Diego Chicken about my uh, my weekly article in Sports Collectors Daily. I got um, a couple of double doubles from Drew Duran. I had sent up um, some requests to him, two different requests at two different times. And the second one I totally forgot about. So I got two doubles that I'm going to give away to uh uh, listeners and readers. So if you want to win, win it's really easy. If you want a, an autographed Drew Durant, Drew Durant card, it's a 76 and 77 tops card. Just send me your email, your, your name and your mailing address. Send it to ttmcast at yahoo.com. Put Drew Durant in the title and I'm going to give away to two listeners. I'll give a 76 and a 77 tops uh, card. They're autographed by Drew Duran, and it can add it to your collection. So that that's that's something uh, that that I, I like to do. I don't like to have too many doubles hanging around, and it was it was kind of a cool. They're cool cards, and Drew Drew Duran signed for me, and I didn't. I wasn't looking for uh, duplicates of the stuff. So uh, I'll share the the riches with with my listeners and readers. So make sure if you want to win a Drew Duran card, just send me an email too. TTMcast at yahoo.com. Make sure you include your mailing address and in the title, Drew Druin. And I think we will give those away uh, next week. All right. Cool. All right, Drew. We've got some news, yep. some big news to report. Yes, we do. Fanatics is at it again. That's about it. I mean, that's about all you can say at this point there. Anytime their name seems to come up in things, but uh, they have bought out PWCC. So they now have their own marketplace and vault along with controlling basically everything else in the trading card industry and hobby. They now have added PWCC under their banner. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens there as well. So, yeah, this is. Uh, yeah, well, well, what this is a couple of weeks ago now, when remember PWCC fired about 30 or 40 of their, their employees. And yep. obviously they were, they were paring down, right? They were, they were, they were making themselves a little thinner, a little corporately thinner for yep. uh, the purchase. And in fact, came in and, purchased them and i don't think anyone really saw this coming no i mean this was not uh this was on anybody's radar i don't think at all definitely wasn't on mine that's for sure yeah i mean it just gives them it gives them access to a vibrant marketplace right and uh a, a vault system i know they're they're also have um they have an agreement in there with csg and there's also some of the stuff that pwcc has been doing and uh they've been around for a while and, it, and i think it gives them uh instant presence and something that they didn't have presence in yeah it does i mean that's what that seems to be what finex has been doing ever since they first started there you know i mean they started with just apparel and then they suddenly you know buy up a huge name where they grab uh i mean they start working with each of the leagues uh team shop or the league shops and everything bought that's up what? all of those or partnered with those then they go and they get like uh steiner after that then they go and you know buy all the trading cards they grab up tops they grab up everything else so pwcc the next domino to fall yeah, and guys uh, at Fanatics, if you're looking for a little podcast with a couple guys to to purchase, we're we're, we're just <laughs> sitting there right here. <laughs> Give us a call, right, Drew? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, we got a lot of national uh, signer announcements this week. 
first we have the uh the wednesday event it is the uh what is it? it's the vip event right what do we call it Drew? yeah it's the uh, vip party or something like yeah that. vip party on wednesday so three uh great signers were announced two hall of famers as well uh marcel dion who who is a, a great signer for he played for the la kings and the detroit red wings who else did he play for anybody else uh, played briefly with the Rangers as well. And the Rangers as well. And he's a Hockey Hall of Famer. He will be there. Bob Lilly, friend of the show. We've had him on the, the show before. Uh, any NFL Hall of Famer from the, the Dallas Cowboys will be signing. And B.J. Armstrong from the Chicago Bulls, who was guarding on all those great teams for the Bulls. So they will all be there on Wednesday signing, which is kind of cool. A couple um, guys that will be signing. Dan Fouts, who was there last year from the, the uh, San Diego Chargers. Alan Trammell, I believe he was there as well. And Prince Fielder is going to be there. I don't think, I think this is his first time at a national event. I'm right, but he will yeah. be signing. He will be signing as well, and a couple more VIP guys that will be signing. Uh, Jim Morrissey, he was with the Chicago Bears, and Mari Bannerman, who was a goaltender for the Chicago Blackhawks, he will be signing. So those are two new VIP guys. So a lot of guys signing. And I was just telling Drew before we started this, I got to get my cards in order because a lot of the, these VIP guys I don't have cards for. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking through here, too, and I'm like, uh, yeah, I mean, if I was going to be going, I'd have to pick up extra stuff on Morrissey and Bannerman because I got nothing on either of them, that's yep. for sure. Well, I, I have, that's a, kind of a hole, that mid-90s is a big is a hole, yeah. hole for me, so um should be a fun show. But we have some grading uh, numbers to report from our friends at Gemrate. Yes, we do. For the 15th through the 21st, a couple of the three of the four companies bouncing back to what we uh, more expect out of them. Uh PSA down a little bit, a 12% drop by them. 237,100 cards still getting graded by them, though. SGC, they're up a little bit, a 24,000 uh, number there coming out of them, 11% of an increase right there. Beckett saw a 33% increase, which is uh, great to see there. It's uh, 19,300 as they get back more toward their normal levels here from a few months ago. And CGC seeing a gigantic bounce back, 137% increase to 19,600 cards getting graded by them in the past week. Yeah, it's kind of cool um, when companies jump up like that. And I think, it, you know, they, they were just kind of riding the ship, right? I think that yeah, that was good. And then what are we still at? What are we, 230? So that's 250, 2040. So it's, I don't know, 300,000. Huh? About 300 or so. Yeah, almost. we're 300,000, right? We're still yeah. right, right there. That 300,000 is kind of the number. So thank you, Gem Rate, for the grading numbers. And uh, we, we really enjoy that. And we look forward to the big three next uh, on Saturday. Right, Drew? Yes, exactly. All right, we got some new new releases to let you guys know about. The 2022-23 Donruss Optic NFL just came out. You get four cards per pack, 20 packs, one auto. I don't have a price on that, uh, but those usually, they usually run a couple hundred dollars. Right, Drew? Yeah, somewhere right around there, yeah. We also got another Panini basketball product this time. It's Panini Recon that is coming out for 22-23. Going to see six cards per pack, 10 packs per box, two autographs in there, and 20 inserts or parallels among those 60 cards. So uh, if you like inserts and parallels, that is a great product to go and check out. $189 there for Recon Basketball. Is that a new name, a new uh, brand for them? I'm not really familiar with Recon. Yeah, it's. Uh, I know I've heard it from a couple of years before, but it's not something I've really checked out at all. I think it... I don't know that I've seen any other sports other than just uh, basketball. Yeah, I know it's basketball. I just don't, you know, there's just, you can't keep track of every single release, right? And right, right. That, that one just kind of slipped through the cracks. I saw it. It's like, I don't remember that one. Well, 2022-23 uh, Donner's NBA uh, came out the other last week, and there's 20 packs, four cards per pack. You get one auto, and again, you get 20 inserts or prison parallels in a box. They're going for about $300. So uh, this is 2022-23 Donner's NBA uh, just came out last week. Check those out. Well, for any of the tennis collectors out there, I mean, there's got to be a few of you out there, I would hope, but uh, the 2021 Topps Tennis Chrome product is finally coming out after uh, some significant delays, it appears. Yep. You get four cards per pack, 16 packs per box, and a 100-card base set. $80 is the price tag on that. Yeah, I draw the line. That's where I draw the line, Drew, tennis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the, I have I have one tennis autograph in my collection, and... Uh, Fortunately, though, it's Roger Federer on his rookie card. So it's uh, I've, I've saved uh, I saved the uh, the big names there. I have John McEnroe. I think he's my only yeah. tennis guy. 
I got go. him him on a photo. Well, we got some uh, auction news to report. Uh, Robert Edward Auction had a, a pretty big auction. Um, they had the SGC 8 1941 Playball Joe DiMaggio, which is a beautiful looking card, nice clean looking card, went for $90,000. The old record was $36,990 in February of 2021. So that's a pretty big jump from, I don't know, $37,000 to $90,000 in, uh, I don't know, two years, right? A year and a half. Yeah, that's nearly tripling in that time. That's amazing. Yeah, so uh, th this is Robert Edwards' auction. Yeah. Uh, a couple other items that came through in there, the 1933 Gaudi Babe Ruth, card number 181. He had several cards, I believe, in that 33 Gaudi set. Graded a 5.5. That one sold for $34,800. And for any of you stat geeks out there like me, there was $1.525 million, $1,525,000 worth of sales in there on over 4,000 items. 72,800 bids all uh, took place during this uh, during Robert Edwards auction. Imagine processing 72,000 bids. That, that's that's incredible. I can't even track of I can't even keep track of 72,000 cards here. I can't imagine trying to do something with, you know, money involved. Oof. No, I know. Well, that's cool. Hey, you know, I saw this and I figured you'd let everyone know this is a new website, new sports website. It's called sportscardmarket.com. Collector Steve Luzinski uh, started. He's from St. Louis and they're really focusing on modern cards and new boxes. So it's just another uh, vehicle for you to check out uh, in terms of purchasing cards. Check it out, sportscardmarket.com. Maybe we'll have Steve on in, in the future, but uh, we love to see new, new sites and uh, anytime the, there's a new place to go for cards we'll let you know so it's called sportscardmarket.com check it out well drew that wraps up hobby happenings for a couple yeah. of, just for a couple of days we got a lot of stuff going on uh just you know we got um memorial days coming up it's always kind of the the kickoff to summer right and yes um it's more than that right it's it, it's to remember and, and um honor the the the, the guys that, that gave their lives to the country and that were were, were part of of one of the, the wards and, and volunteered to uh you know help us keep us free and safe right yeah yeah so um you know in honor of memorial day i got to introduce interview gil hodges jr as part of my american uh, valor podcast that i'm working on with the bob feller uh award of, uh, of valor and um, i thought it'd be great to play play for you guys gil hodges jr of course his, his dad just got inducted into the hall of fame and he was a, a one of one's a bronze medal in the when uh 1941 three or 44 i think and as part of it, he got volunteered to be in the war and it's just great to hear gills share stories about his dad and about um his dad's participation in, in the war and participation as a player and as well as a manager he was a manager for the 1969 world champion um New York Mets and Gil uh, was 22 years old, I believe. Junior was 22, so he was involved as a young adult and spent a lot of time with uh, that team. and And uh, we shared some stories about that. And, and also, you know, Gil Hodges Senior passed away at the age of 47 in 1972. So he has been with us for 50 years. It took him a while to get inducted into Hall of Fame, but he finally got into, inducted into Hall of Fame this past summer. So please enjoy my interview with Gil Hodges Jr. And uh, this was part of my American Valor podcast that, that I did the interview for. So please enjoy my interview with Gil Hodges Jr. This week's interview is brought to you by Certified Sports Guarantee, csgcards.com for superior sports card certification and grading. Have you graded your sports cards with CSG yet? There's no better time than now. Every authenticated sports card arrives in the hobby's best holder. CSG is known for their expertise, integrity, and world-class service. Get your sports cards for as low as $12 a card with CSG. Go to csgcards.com to start your submission today and get $10 off the first year of your membership with code TTMCAST. Hello, everybody. My name is Jeff Baker. This is I'm here for the American Valor podcast. I'm joined by my co-host and friend, Jalen Tart. Jalen's going to be here chiming in with some questions. And we have a very special guest, guys, today. We have Gil Hodges Jr. Gil Hodges uh, Jr., his dad, 
of course, played 18 seasons in the major leagues with the Brooklyn Dodgers and the Los Angeles Dodgers. He also played two seasons with the New York Mets from 61 to 62. He was a manager with the Washington Senators in New York Mets. He was an eight-time All-Star, a three-time Gold Glove Award winner. He won three world championships, two as a player, one as a manager. He, of course, just got elected inducted to the baseball hall of fame yeah right Gil? <laughs> absolutely <laughs> and we're going to talk to to, to Gil uh, jr about his dad Gil senior entered the u.s marine corps during world war ii and he served as a con in combat as an artillery gunner for the 16th anti-aircraft artillery battalion and participated in the ba battles of Tinian and Okinawa and uh, received a Bronze Star Medal with Combat V for heroism under fire. So we have a, uh, a lot to talk about with Mr. Hodges, and welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Jeff and Jalen, look forward to this. Gil, um, you know what, let's talk about the Baseball Hall of Fame first, right? Because, uh, you know, 50 years after your dad had passed, he finally got into the Baseball Hall of Fame. It must have been um, a validation for you and your family uh, for your dad's career in, in Major League Baseball. Well, it, it, it certainly was. It was a long time in coming. We had uh, hoped and, and prayed for many years. Um, you know, during during the course of that time, several times he was very, very close. We got some calls from uh, Tommy Lasorda when he was there, and uh, God rest his soul, and several other um, people who had said, don't worry, tomorrow when the vote comes out, Dad's going to get in. So we had some roller coaster rides up and down and up and down, but uh, finally he got in. You know what? When you look at his, his resume, his baseball resume, he did basically everything you could, and his numbers are right there. Um, what was there any indication from, from from the people in the Hall of Fame of why it took so long for him to get in? Well, you know, you never know. Um, and again, as time goes on, some of the uh, the people who vote um, become younger and younger. And they only have some memories or, or what they have wrote, um, seen or have read about dad's uh, career. The ones who got to see him play, of course, um, felt that he should have been in. Uh, you know, we got very close in the initial baseball writers uh, election. But uh, thank goodness it's over and done. And uh, as we said in Brooklyn, no backsies. He's <laughs> in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> well, what was the induction ceremony like for you and your family? I know you, you, your mom, mom's on, uh, on in eight uh, years and she didn't get to attend the ceremony. But what was it like for you and your family for uh, to attend the was, induction ceremony? It was just a, a dream come true. You know, I had been up to Cooperstown a couple of times, but... It was just a chance for our entire family to get together and, and just rejoice. Uh, to see Dad's plaque on that wall was just incredible. What is the one thing that you took away for, from the, the event, the, the, uh, being there in Cooperstown? Because it's such a beautiful place. What was the one thing you took away from being at the event? You know, the, the hospitality of, of all the people up there. Um, treating us like we were royalty. Uh, it was just incredible. Jane Forbes Clark, God bless her. She's just such a wonderful woman. And, and the way she treats and runs everything is just a great honor and a great honor for dad. Did you, do we have people asking you for your autograph at the event? Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, I guess, especially when you get to sign the same name. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny because I know I'm a big autograph collector and I know um, people want, you know, Ty, Ty Cobb's daughter's autograph and Babe Ruth's uh, granddaughter's autograph. Sure, and, and, absolutely. And, yeah. And, and, yeah. Really know, interesting. It's, it's amazing sports and the connectivity that people have through generations. Have you have you kept a, a relationship with the Dodgers and the Mets, uh, you know, since your dad has passed and, and have you had... Um, interaction with, with the teams and i know they were uh the mets your, your your dad's in the mets hall of fame and they were the dodges have retired to dad's number have you kept a relationship um with the with the team since your dad has passed 
Well, sure, sure. You know, the Dodgers, um, we we had some um, discussions back and forth about retiring dad's number, but they were pretty uh, steadfast in in their rules that it had to be a Hall of Famer. So when it finally did come to fruition, uh, we all went out to Los Angeles and uh, got to see the retirement of the number. And, you know, it's it's just great that that no Dodger who dad played for for 16 years um, will ever wear 14 again. Yeah, that's really cool. Now, your dad entered the U.S. Marine Corps um, right at, right during World War II. Two uh, in 1943, he had only played one game in the major leagues. The last game of the 43 season, so yeah. he really wasn't he wasn't a um, a celebrity. Let's say he wasn't a celebrity in 1943, right? He was just a just no, a, not at all. You know, back then, uh, even into the the 50s, you could get on a train, especially in Brooklyn, and be sitting next to Duke Snyder. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to fathom that today. But, but back then they were, you know, they all had jobs in the off season. The the monetary compensation wasn't close, you know, even prorated to what it is today. But it's it's just a a great tribute to him who served his country with such honor. And I could tell you a a, a quick story. Please. I never knew that. Uh, that dad had won the bronze star. I always asked him when I was young, what he did in the service. Cause I knew he was in the Marine Corps and I knew he was a Sergeant. And he only related that he worked behind the desk. There was never great conversations about it. There was never any real talk about it. Uh, any memories that he wanted to, to give to me what he did something that he kept close and personal. And I guess, you know, when you're involved in, in a war, the, the taking of human life, it affects people in a lot of different ways. And then one day, uh, dad's on a road trip and I was home and, and got answered a phone call and it was from a sports writer. And he wanted to talk about uh, dad's heroics in the war and his bronze star. And I said, what are you talking about? And he said, yeah, your, your father was like a hero in, in Okinawa. Uh, you know, I mean, and he got a bronze star. I mean, they don't give those out easily. And I was taken aback because, you know, we never spoke about it. So when he came home, uh, of course, I asked him right away. And he did give me uh, like a 30 second comment saying it's something that took place. Uh, you know, I, I had to serve my country and, and that's what I wanted to do. I felt it an honor uh, to serve them. And whatever took place is in the past. And I really just want to keep it there. Did he share the story? Did he share stories with your mom that maybe she shared with you after he passed? Not at all. I don't think my mom was privy to any of that. I think that was something that was just so so dear to him that he kept just to himself. And there were some stories, there were some, you know, ball players who were also in the service who who came back and later on I found out that, you know, they said, did you run into Gil Hodges? And they would say, is that the big Marine who, who just, you know, cleared everything out for everybody, uh, picked up guys on their shoulders and carried them to safety? And they would say, yes, yes, that's him. Oh, yeah, he passed through. Everything is clear now. So those are the kind of stories that, you know, you never forget, but he never wanted to relate. Yeah, I was going to ask, did you ever meet any of uh, his, his um, fellow Marines and, and talk about after? No, 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 none, none that he served with. I think Don Hoke was was in the service sure. at, yeah, from the relatively at the same time. Yep. And uh, they were relatively close friends. And he had heard some of those stories about the big Marine going through first. Did he, um, did he keep his uniforms from, from the Marine, his Marines? And do you have any, uh, Honestly, I have no, no idea. Never saw it. Never saw it. And how about his bronze medal? Do you, is that, um, did he keep that or did you ever get that? 
I, I believe the family still has that. Yes, that's something that was put away and, and never really. And of course, after his passing and after mom's passing, uh, you know, everything was dispersed to different members of the family. Did you, um, did, did he ever talk to you about why he joined the Marines? What what was initiated his his uh, desire to join the Marines? I know it's a different time, right? Because it's it's the greatest generation, and you know where where it's a little different for 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 our generation when you know we that that call to service isn't as, as strong as it was for the, for the guys back in the correct. World War II. And I think he got called into service, um, and you know. No disrespect to anyone, but there were no dissidents. There were no people who moved out of the country. Um, and, uh, you know, everyone has their own beliefs. Um, but back then, that generation, you know, almost considered it an honor. Yeah. Uh, and, and, a, and a job that, that must be done to, to protect and serve your country. I saw uh, an interesting quote from you, Dad, and he said he started smoking in Okinawa to have something to do in the foxholes. And, you know, your dad passed away at the age of 47. He had, had a heart attack and, and it could have not uh, been a result of all the smoking from his, from his lifetime. Um, do, do, do you personally, do you think that uh, the, that contributed to his early passing? I, I think it certainly doesn't help. But, you know, as scientists have figured out, smoking is definitely not a plus. So um, dad, dad had... Um, a, a family disease with the heart. Um, his dad passed away at a very early age. His brother passed away at a very early age. Right now, um, you had you had heart problems as well, right? I, I also like... had a, had a heart attack. Yes. Um, fortunately for me, they were able to figure out what it was. You know, with the progression of medicine through the decades, um, and my son now knows they know what to look for in him. Because it's only in the male side of the family, so we were we were lucky. I was lucky to survive it, and again, only through, you know, medicine's evolution through decades. And now my son, you know, with the grace of God, will, won't have any issues because they know exactly what to look for. That 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 is awesome. That's I know, cool. um, you you know you. You you were born in 1950, and your dad played all the way through the uh, early 60s, and, and was uh, manager of the, the the Miracle Mets in '69. Can you share some uh, memories you have uh, uh, with your dad in terms of baseball, uh, going on road trips, uh, you know, just be in, having interactions with him at the ballpark? Well, I was I was very lucky. Um, you know, there were four children in the family, and I was the only boy and the oldest boy. So uh, dad, of course, in the summers, as I got older, um, not so much with the Brooklyn Dodgers and a little with the Mets, but more so with the Washington Senators. And then when he's managed the New York Mets, I would spend the summers traveling with him. He would get permission from the home club and the umpires. I would put on a uniform take batting practice before the game, and then get to sit on the bench during the game. That's so you something. talk about a storied childhood. <laughs> Here's a 16, 17, 18-year-old boy uh, sitting on the bench with major leaguers, uh, you know, and, and you you learn a lot. You learn a lot about baseball, and you learn about the interactions. And uh, in 69, uh, when I traveled with them the entire summer, I was 19, and, and some of the players were 23 and 24 and 25, so there wasn't a big disparity in age. So, you know, you, you get to be close, and uh, it was a great time and, and a great childhood. Can you share a funny story or, or uh, maybe may, maybe something that, that we haven't heard before in terms of a funny story with the Mets or or, or, or one of, uh, you, you know, your, your dad's uh, – Players that 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 can bring a smile to our face. <laughs> well, I, I'm not maybe like a practical any... joke somebody played, or I'm not going to mention any names. Oh come on, you can no, nope, you, know, you can mention names. No respect to everyone involved, but Dad used to at times, especially on road trips, get up. Uh, I always stayed with him in the hotel rooms, and he would walk down to the lobby. At let's say 11.50, 11.55, a 
curfew being 12 o'clock. And he would just, you know, go get a newspaper and see what's going on in the lobby. And one day he came up and uh, he said, uh, I just can't believe it. And I said, what's the matter? And he said, no, nothing. He said, you know, these guys, I, I tell them to be in by 12. This is a job that requires, you know, so much physical exertion. So I said, well, who'd you see? And he said, that's not important who I saw. <laughs> so, oh, and, come and, on. Like, you got to let us know. I couldn't get it get out of him. Me. You're not going to get it out of me. Gil, get us some, <laughs> give us some initials. So we go the next day to the ballpark, and this said player is on first base, and the batter gets up for the Mets and hits a gap, a line drive between left field and center field. And the player on first base, I never saw anybody run so hard in my life, made a great <laughs> slide into home and was safe and came walking back to the dugout where I was sitting and was having trouble breathing. Like, <gasps> you know, it's a, it's a long run at, at top speed. And everyone was excited. We, you know, got a run. I think Siva was on the mound and everyone was giving him high fives. And when this player came by dad, dad looked up and he said, long run after a long night. <laughs> so do you think you got his message? do you think you got your dad's message? I think everybody got the message. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, don't think you're going to get anything over on me. But, you know, those were the subtleties of his life, of his career. Things would, would happen, you know, instantly uh, to show what he knew. Were he you... played golf with a, a very dear friend of his, Frank Slocum, who used to work for the commissioner's office. And they were on the fourth or fifth hole with a caddy. And he said to the caddy, where do I hit the ball? And the caddy said, this is a dog leg left. If you can hit it over those trees, it'd be perfect. And the caddy stepped back and stood next to Frank Slocum and said to Frank, I've been caddying here for 27 years. No one's ever hit it over those trees. And Frank, <laughs> who knew my father well, said, oh, I can't believe you just said that. And my father teed the ball up and, of course, hit it over the trees. Yeah. <laughs> and the caddy was like, I can't believe it. And Frank said, I told you. He just had an uncanny knack, you know, like a, a, a God-given grace to do something like that at that specific moment that's very neat now yeah, uh, were you I'll... a uh, were you a collector of memorabilia uh, in terms of autographs um baseballs baseball cards when you were a kid i had you know what i used to collect the bobbleheads sure from the, from the different ballparks that i went through and then i started to collect autographs uh i must have a hundred you know, autographed baseballs, all in little cases, put away in storage. I don't even know some of the names uh, <laughs> that, that I have in there. But, I, you know, I did it more as uh, entertainment and fun. It, after Dad passed away and, and I have uh, three children, I and it took me years to collect all of his baseball cards in either near mint or mint condition for each one of my children. And I, I have them put away, you know, the entire collection for each one of them. And over time, I'll probably give them to them. But, uh, I, you know, it was more of an enjoyment than, than any sort of profession or monetary compensation. Did you, did, did you, do you have any of um, the awards from your, when your dad played gold gloves or, um, and, and, you know, the, his rings from winning championships and that kind of stuff? Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, you know what? And one of the great things I have is they issued the, the black bat in 1969 when they won the World Series. Yep. Everyone's autograph on it in gold. Uh, another great thing I have is when Dad was managing the Senators back in those days, they used to send out ballots to the ball players and the managers to choose the all-star team. Okay. The, the fans weren't involved yet. So the players and the manager would write out handwritten on the ballot, their first choice and second choice for each player. Mm. And I have that of dads because of Frank Slocum. 
um, who worked in the commissioner's office where all the ballots went, uh, he gave that to Dad from, I think, his first year with the senators in probably 63, 1963. And, you know, you look at the names in Dad's signature on the ballot, and one of the amazing things was, and it's, again, funny how things always worked out this way with him, one of his choices for the outfield was Tony Oliva. Yeah, we got into the Hall of Fame when he got in. There you go, Jeff. Correct. And I, I actually took a picture of it. And when I was with Tony up there, I said, Tony, I wanted you to see this. And he said, what is that, Gil? And I explained it to him. And I said, so now you know what it is, Tony. But look who we picked. And he looked. He said, oh, my God, Gil, I can't believe it. I said, yep, that's correct. <laughs> so we had, we had some fun and laughs with it. That's very cool. Well, Gil, I wanted I wanted to ask. Uh, we mentioned earlier um, that your dad played with um, Jackie Robinson. What What was that like playing with a big figure in sports during those days? Well, Jalen, you have to remember something. He wasn't a big figure in sports in those days. He was uh, a a baseball player who was in the process of revolutionizing our history and the history of baseball. And they were very close. They had so much respect for each other for what they did on the baseball field and what they did off the baseball field. My mom, God rest her soul, was very instrumental in getting Rachel, Jackie's wife, accepted and befriending by the other wives. It was a difficult time in our society and a difficult time in baseball for this transition. She would invite Rachel to the house, especially in spring training, and have the other wives come, the wives of the ball players that she was familiar with. And she would make no bones about it. Listen, this is Rachel. She's one of us. Her husband works with our husband. We're all friends here. And it made it a little, little easier for Jackie, knowing that his wife was accepted by the players' wives. You always feel a little bit, you know, it's, we don't think about it because we only think of being out on the baseball field. But when you're that guy on the baseball field, that's your family also. Mm -hmm. When you walk go off the baseball field, that's your wife. You want your wife to be comfortable and accepted. And mom, God rest her soul, being an Italian Brooklyn girl was very instrumental in making that happen for Rachel. And I think deep down that that helped Jackie a lot. He'd had enough to deal with on the field that he didn't have any of that off the field. Why do you think the, the boys of summer have um, held such a great uh, place in, in America's heart in terms of uh, the teams, you know, the, you know, the, there's so much stuff that have happened with these teams, but I think you think the personalities of the players ha has made, had made them uh, been endeared to, to the country for so long. Absolutely. With, without a doubt. And, and Roger Kahn, I mean, he wrote a story about a baseball team, but they were so loved. I mean, we know how they got their name, you know, dodging the trolleys to get to Ebbets Field. They were so loved and respected. And don't forget how great the Dodgers were, the Brooklyn Dodgers. If there wasn't this other team in New York called... Oh. oh, boo. Oh, yeah. That's a <laughs> I mean, they lost every year to them. I mean, if you look back and see how many pennants the Dodgers won, it was incredible. Year after year, maybe seven out of ten years, they were in the World Series. They couldn't beat them. And again, Jeff, going back to the instance where one special moment for my dad in 1955 in game seven against guess who correct the new york yankees 
The Dodgers win the game 2-0. And guess who knocks in the only two runs? Correct, Gil Hodges. So that was their one and only world championship in Brooklyn. And again, it's amazing how during his short stay on earth, how many times that took place for him. It was like God said, okay, you're good, Gil. You got this. And was looking down on him. So it was, I mean, it, they were a great team. I mean, we were told so many times that dad couldn't get into the Hall of Fame because there were too many Dodgers in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> sure. on, what do you mean too many Dodgers? It doesn't matter what team you play for. It's how good you are. You know, and, and God rest his soul, Phil Rizzuto had the same problem. How many years he had to wait to get in because there were so many Yankees in the Hall of Fame. I mean, I don't think there's a single digit number left in the Yankees that you can wear. Well, I know your dad's passing affected a lot of those guys, including Jackie Robinson and Don Drysdale. And uh, you had you had an interaction w with Howard Cosell and Jackie Robinson at, at when your dad's passed his funeral. You want, you want to share that with us? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Um, we had the funeral at the Lady Help of Christians. The pastors, you know, um, they came to the pastor and said, Father, what time does this close? Because there were thousands of people who wanted to pass the casket. And the pastor looked at him and he said, when the last person finishes. During that time, um, I was in the church. Howard Cosell came in. Now, I had known Howard for years, um, Howard being a Brooklyn lawyer before the transition into sports, came to me and said, Gil, could you come with me? Sure, Howard. I had no idea what this was about. But we walked outside. We walked down the steps of the church and just a little bit around the corner. And there was a car. And he said, Gil, just get in the back of the car. Open the back seat. I said, Howard, I love you. You know, I'm also a Yeah, we're making it whacked here. <laughs> I'm careful when people say that to me. This isn't a cannoli thing, is it? So I open the back door and get in, and there's Jackie, just filled with tears. Leans over, gives me a hug and a kiss that I, from my heart, I can still feel it. And he holds my ears and says to me, next to my son's passing, this is the worst day of my life. Mm. Now, if I live to be 200, I will see his face and hear those words forever. I know what he meant to dad. I know what dad meant to him. How much respect they had for each other as men. Not ball players. Well, I should say not ball players. Yes, ball players too. The way they performed on the field. The hustle, the effort, the hundred percent, but the human beings. I got out of that car. I couldn't go back in the church for ten minutes. I couldn't stop crying. Sure. And that wasn't Jackie Robinson. That was my dad's friend who just said that to me. So I never saw him as, you know, um, the barrier breaker. Uh, the, the undoing of social injustice. I saw him as dad's friend. And I will to this day. What, what's the one thing you'd want someone that never met your dad to, to just kind of, kind of come away from this interview and this, this, this podcast to remember about your dad? What, 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 what would be the one thing, what would be the one takeaway that you want somebody to take away about your dad? I don't want this to sound corny or, or anything else except always treat people the way you want to be treated and always be honest. Dad had one rule with us growing up, the four kids, never lie. Why never lie? And I used to ask him, why, Dad? Why is that so important? And he used to look me in the face and say, because I'll never know when you're telling the truth. So I think that's a pretty good way to live. Don't lie. 
be honest, be sincere, and be respectful. Very good. Gil Hodges Jr., thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. It was a pleasure to learn a little more about your dad, his baseball uh, career, his time in the Marines uh, during World War II, and uh, share some memories uh, of some great names with Jackie Robinson, Don Drysdale, Howard Cosell, and, and just, you know, yeah, There's some names people. out there, Jeff. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Jalen, thank you very much. Thank and you. Congratulations again to you, young man. All the Thank best. You so, Thank you so much. You bet. Stay mm -hmm. well, boys. You too. Thank you, Gail. We really appreciate it. Have a great day. You too. You too. Bye. I'd like to welcome our newest sponsor, Collects. Looking up the values of trading cards can be a chore, but now there's an app that makes getting the market price as simple as snapping a photo. The app is called Collects, C-O-L-L-X, and it's free in the App Store and in Google Play. After you scan your cards and get the values, you can build out your collection, list cards for sale, and make deals with other Collects users to buy and sell cards. Now you can get $10 towards your first card purchase in Collects Marketplace. Just send me an email at ttmcast at yahoo.com and we'll get you a $10 coupon. Get Collects today. It's free and get $10 towards your first card purchase. Just send me an email to ttmcast at yahoo.com and make sure you put $10 in your subject line. Drew, it's funny, you, you know, he, Gil Hodges Sr., obviously, and Jr., were touched so much um, history-related things, right? He was part of the Jackie Robinson uh, breaking the color bar barrier and, um, you know, played for some with a lot of great teams and moved out west, right, when the baseball moved out west with the Dodgers and then became a manager of the Senators and the Mets and, and uh, really, you know, dedicated his life to, to baseball. And uh, it was nice to talk to uh, Gil Hodges' son about his dad and, and about his, and all the things that, that uh, you know, touched his life, you know? Absolutely. And going back to what you were saying about him taking a while to get into the Hall of Fame, I think the Hall of Fame needs to change a few of their standards on a couple of things. And one of them was that Gil Hodges, as just a player alone, didn't quite have the numbers to get in. Gil Hodges, as a manager, didn't quite have enough to get in. But you combine those two together and you've got an instant Hall of Fame career there. So I think the Major League Baseball and the Baseball Hall of Fame really need to kind of combine those two together into one. Because, I mean, there's so many guys that I think could potentially be in because they were, you know, just they were great, but not like quite Hall of Fame level on each of those, but you put those two together and you've got a Hall of Fame combined career in life right there. Yeah, I agree, because these guys dedicated their life to the sport yeah. and the game, and uh, Gil Hodges Jr. definitely made his mark in a lot of times as a player and as, as a manager, and he certainly deserved to get in um, for for his, his contribution to baseball, right? Yes, absolutely. Well, that's kind of cool, and it's always that, that's kind of part of the fun thing of baseball is um should should somebody get in or somebody not get in and it's it's really fun to argue that and it's it's fun to look at guys in different eras and and you know guys there's guys that are in the hall of fame that you and i both don't think should be there but oh yeah always yeah but the, but they get in and there's other guys that we think that 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 should be in and that, that haven't had uh, voted in yet so um, it's what makes baseball great, I think. Well, Drew, Saturday, next, uh, this Saturday coming up, we have, uh, I have an interview with Jay Schiffman. Jay Schiffman is a Star Wars collector, and we're going to talk a little collecting. So, Jay Schiffman will be joining us in Collector's Corner, and we'll have Les Wolf again. Les, we, we love hearing from Les, right? Oh, always. Les is Les, so we, we, we've got him on uh, Saturday. So Jay Schiffman, collector uh, Jay Schiffman, and Les Wolf on Saturday. Next Wednesday, we have Jeff Owens, who is the editor of Sports Collectors Digest. And we're going to talk to Jeff about my great article, right? My, my great article on, on the San Diego chicken. And we're going to talk to him kind of what's been going on in the hobby with fanatics and all the, the things that have been going on in the hobby. We have the National coming up. So we're going to touch base with Jeff, and Jeff's a, a, a great ambassador for the hobby, and he's been, been around for a while. So we're going to talk to Jeff about what's going on at Sports Collectors Digest. Um, I don't have anything else, Drew. Anything else before I let you go? No, I think we're pretty well covered on everything right there. Just uh, hoping the post office can 
get itself sorted out here for me. <laughs> All right, fingers crossed. Hopefully you won't be uh, as frustrated with the post office as you've been. And hopefully they, they find my the package that I sent you and they find some other things. Uh, yep. it's, it's, it's been a tough go. All right, buddy, you have a good rest of the week. We will talk to you on Saturday. Everyone wishing everyone many happy returns. We'll see you on Saturday. Be good. Thank <laughs> you.